to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am a first-timer to Doctor Who. I've never seen it before, started the podcast so that I can watch each and every week, and of course, I got hooked so much that I now can't wait. I am chomping at the bit to watch every episode every week, and this week, we are covering... Utopia, which is uh, episode 11 from series three, Utopia. And I need somebody, I need an expert, somebody that can walk me through what the heck I just watched because I am sure there's a lot that I missed. And so I bring in my good friend, Doctor Who aficionado, to me, expert, Eric Sweetman. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. Love what you've done with the place. Back. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't seen you all series long. We, we, we had you for the you. first episode, yeah, yeah. and uh, we've been through so much. It feels like I just blinked and we got here. Well, I, blinking is the right <laughs> word to use, I think. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, Blinkity blink. It's, Don't blink. I now know what that means. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I, I, was, I was super excited to get there, um, but... Then I watched this episode, and now I can't wait to talk about it. So, dear listener, if you have not seen Utopia now or ever, uh, take a time, go watch it, because inevitably, throughout the course of our conversation, we will spoil the plot of the episode, and I don't want to rob you of that opportunity. So, go watch it, come back to the podcast, and here we go. So, holy... I mean, holy, I, I, I don't want to drop here. Right. But Jeepers Creepers, this episode just, let's, let's just start from, you know, we get the doctor doing his thing uh, and parking in, you know, the parking the TARDIS, the TARDIS, I'm lifting today, parking the TARDIS on top of the riff again. So we are visiting that little gem in Cardiff, and in Cardiff, and there's uh, there's Martha for the first time being introduced to this riff thing, and also being introduced to uh, Captain Jack running out of nowhere with a backpack, screaming for the Doctor, holding on to the outside of the box. I, I felt like I was watching an episode of Bill and Ted. Totally. <laughs> you know, it's like when Napoleon like falls into you know the the, the little time vortex that they jump through, uh, and there's you know there's <laughs> there's the captain who uh, apparently now can't die. That's the gift that Rose bestowed upon him. Yeah, yeah. Have you? I take it you haven't bothered watching any of uh, Tortured yet. I was not sure when I could or should without it being uh, a spoiler for the main series. So I, I take it I should have watched up I, until now. Yeah, I think you could at least get through um, the, the first series. It's it's a little tough. It's been a while since I've seen it. But uh, like this moment, there are episodes that lead up to him um, – 
realizing that oh my god there's the the tardis has landed i recognize the sound or the um the the hand in the jar is bubbling away and it's like oh it's in close proximity to the doctor that's his clue that the doctor would be back so he grabs the hand and runs to go and see if he can get a hold of the doctor which gotcha. so you can definitely watch up till the point like boom that's where it is and then they stay you you end up having him hanging out for a little bit you know that 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 togetherness is a lovely thing so so what you're saying uh, is that if i want to understand what has happened to the captain since we left him on the satellite uh, platform nine or satellite nine uh is i have to watch an entire other series well they kind of gave you a quick rundown of what was going on in this series, in this show. Sure. Sure. So I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Like if that's, what's going to happen, this first series of Torchwood is on top of whatever else is happening. I'm going to find out what captain Jack has been up to. Yes. Okay. I'm game. And yeah. so I, I will do that. Uh, that's fantastic. Cause it, it seemed to fall out of nowhere, but I kind of knew that clearly he was alive. We knew that we saw that at the end of the episode, uh, that he was in back all the way into series one. Um, but I, and I knew that he was part of Torchwood. So I kept anticipating his reemergence when Torchwood became a big thing at the end of series two. So good to know that I can now go back and watch that. So I will do so. Um, but here we go. The, the, the TARDIS takes the doctor as, you know, the TARDIS seems to have uh, very purposeful landings. The TARDIS doesn't just accidentally land somewhere. It lands places where the doctor is most needed. And this time it's so far into the future that he says the Time Lords have never traveled here. What does that mean? It is far beyond anything you know like this is so far what i mean it is exactly what it says it's so far in the future that there is no reason none of them ever went that far because they didn't think anything existed that far out the stars the sky it's all black there's no other stars glowing at this point the end of the universe is there but i i i thought or i was given to understand that one of the ways that the doctor perceives time and space is as a whole. So this is outside of his own perception. Like this is basically a blind spot to him. I don't think it's a blind spot as much as it's like, um, well, if you haven't been to some place, you don't recognize what it is. You don't know why you're there. And it, the TARDIS is reacting to the presence of, um, of Captain Jack. You know, it's like, this is something that the TARDIS can't deal with. Because yeah, he's a human not right. that cannot die, right? And so she, the, the TARDIS, she is trying to get away from him and the, trying to go as far ahead as possible to get rid of him, and yet he's still able to hold on because the only creature that could survive out in the vortex of time and space is somebody who can't die because of the vortex of time and space. No, it's more because of the power that's in the TARDIS itself that you know, Rose took Rose didn't take the power of the Vortex she took the power of the TARDIS brought oh. that into herself and then um, resurrected Captain Jack with that power she, she says I can bring life yeah and she did and she 
definitely did. She turned him into Highlander. Well, he can be decapitated and heal. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Is that happening soon? Is that coming up in episode, uh, you know, two or three? Or four of Torchwood? Is that, you is can that what you're going to say? Watch Torchwood and you'll see him die in interesting ways and not die. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's, it sounds like Groundhog, the Torchwood episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we land in this place. And, you know, because of course I have to connect things to other pieces of pop culture that I'm aware of, uh, it feels very much like a weird lower budget version of the time machine future. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I can remember see that. The, yeah, the, in that the future, they have those was. weird creatures that live underground, but they're, you know, they used to be human, but now they're this weird other thing. Yeah, like Morlocks or something. I forget what they call it. Yeah, 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 Morlocks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it felt very much, you know, because here's these things with teeth and they're like, mm, I can smell the humans. They're coming. Uh, so it evoked that, you know, like time machine sort of uh, moment, uh, which was even more uh, or not more. It was represented even stronger once we make it inside that bunker. And then there's this weird professor that's wearing like a steampunk outfit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, well, that's also very much out of the movie, The Time Machine. <laughs> yeah. Now, what wasn't is um, a humanoid bug. Yeah, that yes, that was that was a, a, a weird. Uh, but I almost at this point, it's kind of an expected Doctor Who thing. Like I expected some weird alien. Right. And uh, what I would want to say about it is that I love this look of this character almost okay. as much as I love the uh, the tree from this. You know, this the second episode of this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. From end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like this is some beautiful uh, prosthetic makeup design it's it really uh the, this is a lovely light spirited character who you know she is the uh the professor's assistant and um she just brings in this bit of fresh air into the proceedings you know she's really just fun she she reminded me a lot of Mantis from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, she's played in a very similar like, fashion, even more bug like. <laughs> oh yes, the, the, not not the makeup. I, know, I meant I the, the the portrayal because the the makeup is extremely detailed but very good. I mean, yeah, it is it, it is another one of those like. There's a lot of moments in this episode as I was watching it where I genuinely and and I say this and people may think I'm disparaging. I am not. I genuinely uh, was excited every time I I was made to feel this way. But there are parts of this episode that definitely made me feel like this is the cheapest like Saturday morning matinee like bad effects you know because everything is in close-up and everything is like you know just a janky box with a button or a janky you know tv thing like and and in the best way possible like it really did evoke the the thing that i had heard before i started watching the series the thing that i had heard the most was how hokey some of the effects are in doctor who especially in the original series like before yeah. the 2005 reboot how cheesy and hokey and sci-fi but cheap it was 
and I loved it. I, I, I it almost felt like I was watching a 1970s bad, you know, B flick. Uh, and I loved every second of it. I loved the vibe of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very real, uh, very interesting aesthetic. Did you remember the Mordocks? No, I was wanting you to hear the drums. I I, I hear the drums. Yeah, keep that in mind, sir. Keep that I can, in mind. I can, <laughs> I can hear the bells. Uh, but yeah, so we see this very steampunky professor, and I know that they were presenting him to be like the, okay, this is the guy that the doctor's going to help. But almost immediately, I was like, I have a feeling that this guy is up to no good. Uh, in, in, a, in, in a weird way, uh, especially once they tied it to this whole spaceship, you know, the, there's this giant spaceship that we're going to put all these people that have been running here because they're going to get sent to Utopia. And that moment... And this, of course, happened long before that movie did. Uh, but that moment uh, reminded me a lot of Interstellar. Because mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Interstellar, there's that moment where Michael Caine is, you know, revealing to Matthew McConaughey that he's built this spaceship that is going to take people out and to explore this riff and and the hopes of humanity go with them uh which felt very evocative of this moment where you know we're going to put the last surviving humans who have been huddled in this planet that is not their own that they've sucked you know the the they landed in this planet seeking refuge and now they want to escape it and utopia is their escape it's the promised land it's you know everything we hope uh i i mean in a way i heard them talk about it as if basically it's heaven right yeah and the sky is filled with diamonds right and and you see that spaceship and immediately i thought okay this guy is basically like michael kane where he's telling you one thing but the reality is a little darker and a little less uh selfless uh as it is presented and you know the doctor does his thing and you know he's showing off because he's brilliant he says that in this episode once again i'm brilliant you don't know this but i'm brilliant which i absolutely love <laughs> uh you know when he brags about himself uh because you know ultimately he's one of the few people that can brag about it and be you know right. actually right <laughs> <laughs> he is brilliant uh for so many other reasons and so when Something is not right. I felt vindicated, but I had no idea. I had no clue whatsoever. And this is a big spoiler. So if you've gotten this (laughs) deep into the episode and you have not watched the episode, I'm going to give you one last chance. But this guy is a, a time lord? Yes. And hold that thought. And hold that thought. I mean, this whole series, I, I knew I was expecting because uh, the face of Bo makes a comment to 
the doctor that he is not alone. And because the doctor has mentioned things like I was a father once, I, you know, uh, he even mentioned having been married uh, for a time. I thought that we were going to see some sort of sibling, some sort of uh, familiar of the doctor just appear so instead, this guy comes out and he calls himself the master. Is there anything like, was there anything that I missed? Like this whole series, I've been sort of listening for and watching for Mr. Saxon. And all of a sudden, the master appears. What, what does this mean? Well... Okay. The Master is a Time Lord. The Master is an old friend, a childhood friend of the Doctor. They both chose their own names. They were kids together at Gallifrey. So um, this friend has always had damage, always has had mental problems from from the get-go so he has been one of the uh one of the doctor's most consistent enemies you know you've got the daleks you've got the cybermen you've got the master and he is just he is just equal to all the things uh that make the doctor great you know this is he is a time lord who didn't disappear in the time war you know, he is like the things that he had done when you're saying that, oh, I don't think this is um, this is right. This, you know, that his he had these bad motives. You know, you're, the, the secret of what he was doing with this uh, this rocket ship. The, yeah, he, he did not seem the altruistic person that he was playing himself to up be to be honest. He actually was because he had turned himself human. He had forgotten himself. So everything he was doing, he had this wisdom, but he didn't, you know, he didn't know who he was because he had separated himself from his past in order and then accidentally survived the time war because he wasn't a time lord. He was human at that moment. So now the doctor sees him on the other side of that doesn't know who he is, but he's got the watch that, um, that Martha is able to see like recognizing it for something that the doctor himself had just a couple episodes earlier. So that, that timepiece held who he was inside. You know, it gave him his answers. When he saw this thing, it brought back his memories. It brought back his Time Lord abilities. And then it allowed him to not die off like an old man, an old human. He could regenerate. Right, because almost immediately after basically regaining his Time Lord DNA, Yeah he regenerates so is based on the story that you just gave me is 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 that a character that the doctor has come up against before lots of times again in, he in, in the, the original in the series, series yes. in the original yeah, series we haven't seen him before in the 
revamped the the revival series of any okay. uh, any of this stuff. But he was definitely a big character in earlier things. You know, he went up against so the, several different doctors as the master for years. Okay, so the the okay, so because that's what I. I Part of me immediately wanted to ask that question and shout it into the wind and have it answered because there, the doctor kind of has that moment of like, oh, no, I know who you are right. kind of thing. Well, this is like, like yeah, we're in season or series three, right? Three, yeah. So the first big finale episode had the Daleks. That was huge. I mean, everybody, you got to see the Daleks. That was amazing. Second season and, and had... Before, before, before you get there, in series one, we do get to see that timepiece be uh, sort of encrusted on the on the uh, on the TARDIS, mm. on the control sh- on the controls of the TARDIS. We see in, in series one, we actually saw the timepiece that the doctor then used to uh, to house his time lordness during the the family war uh, family, family of blood, blood episode, right, yeah, right. So, um, but you've got the Daleks for that season. The second season was the Cybermen, you know. Mm-hmm. So those were huge. Here's the third season, and we're going into the season finale, and we're revealing the Master. Like that proves how important that character was for the classic history of Doctor Who. You know, mm-hmm. he's the big, you know, one of the big bads of all time. You get, oh, yeah, the Slitheen, whatever, you know, no big deal. You get Cassandra, the, uh, the skin, you know, that's great, neat character, but whatever. You get the mm-hmm. master of that, something serious. Wow. Yeah. So now this is like the third big bad. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you know, when he was trying to help save the people, there was still, you know, this professor being a noble and and uh, good person trying to help. But when he becomes the uh, the master and remembers himself, how mean he got, how it's like, nope, you are a woman, you know, you are a bug, you know, that that kind of the dismissal of anything it's this mm-hmm. is his misogyny his his uh racism against anything that isn't a time lord you know everything is beneath him so you know those his true colors come shining through and then when you get to have the uh um the regeneration it's like oh you're young i want to be young too boom you know, like that's that's in your face. I'm I'm going to, and I'm going to steal your TARDIS, and you are just screw you. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty severe. This is this. You know, and so, he can he can control the TARDIS because he's flown one. Because of course. Yeah. Uh, so now, now God, you're unlocking so many <laughs> questions in me. So. Up until now, I've only seen one regeneration, but I got the idea that the regeneration was forced because of the events that had transpired prior and basically because the doctor absorbed the, you know, the the force, the life force of the TARDIS to get it out of Rose, that that basically decayed his body and damaged his body to the point where it triggered a regeneration. Is the master just able to regenerate at will? No, there's still a limitation. But um, when you're dealing with age, 
you know, the uh, like your cells are breaking down as you age anyway. And so what happens when a Time Lord reaches a certain age or a certain amount of damage has, has happened, then um, the way to not die is to go and 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 do the regeneration because their cells can automatically like a phoenix uh destroy what was there and then build off of it and become something new but the professor was not in any imminent danger he was was just old right and that's enough when you want it to happen you can also try to not regenerate you can fight that off to various levels of success um but you know because you don't you won't always regenerate or a time Lord doesn't always have to regenerate at the end of that, um, that of the cycle, existence. Yeah. And, uh, like in the, in the old series, they would try to say like, there's 13, you can regenerate 13 times, which means if you only can generate 13 times, then you don't want to burn through them quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, their idea is like we are the time lords we are immortal you're only immortal to a certain point yeah so the, the, so the, the limitation you know i'm superman i'm invincible except you're powered by the sun yeah and here's a rock that will make <laughs> you know, you hurt. And here is the a rock rock from your own planet that is highly you know destructive to you yeah um i i see that okay so then going backwards uh because so far, the series, uh, while uh, I appreciate why everybody lo- likes Blink, I think my favorite episode was that two-parter uh, ending with uh, Family of Blood mm. because of how personal it got for the doctor when he was a human. And to then juxtapose what happened in this episode and to think that the professor was basically going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is the professor was actually a genuinely nice person. Yes. And it wasn't until his revelation that the malice comes out basically out of the watch. Yeah. And, you know, he's suffering some of the same issues that the master had suffered you know um the migraines the uh the the drumming in his head the drums that's that's something that's that's there and um you know uh, amazingly he still was productive as a good human despite that never-ending beat in and his a pervasive head. Yeah. uh issue yeah um but the master himself Maybe because his lifespan is so much longer that uh, um, that it's driven him mad in a, in his own special way of rage and uh, um, you know lashing out at the, at the universe. But, <laughs> well, and 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 backtracking again just a little bit. So the idea that you know the the doctor always comes up with these most creative ways of getting people out of, of using technology of reimagining technology using some of his future and past knowledge uh to generate something new or solve a problem so the idea that this thing seems familiar but completely unknown to him and that he compliments the professor on the ingenuity that he possessed mm-hmm. is uh is almost 
uh, a prophecy in its own and that of course this guy is this ingen- this this good at you know creating these things because he is you he is like you he right. has your powers uh in in the sense of he he has that ability to know all the things that the doctor knows mm-hmm. uh so that's oh my gosh that's brilliant on its own yeah. right and it gives him um like the the doctor would not have any reason to suspect the professor of anything because the doctor knows he's the only survivor of the time war but then he also said you know that all the all the time lords are dead all the daleks are dead sort of kind of you know he end up like that reminder that no whatever the time war was supposed to do didn't work we saw that they had uh managed to escape in the ark you know that in the end of last season and that one and that one fell through some fissure in time and ended up in in the united states right so like they weren't destroyed they weren't completely destroyed and so now that he sees okay well if all the daleks didn't die and now there's another Time Lord. What else is there? You know, what else could there be out there? You know, things that he thought, I mean, the, the Cybermen came from a different universe because they were destroyed out of this one, but now they're not. And, oh, that makes things complicated. It's, you know, it's a different history. The creation of the Cybermen that we got last season is different than the original version that were found on the planet Mars, frozen in a cave, um, oh wait, that's you know that's something different. But that was in the seventies, yeah. So that was our universe of Cybermen, different time, different place, same horror, you know, same like oh well, we've evolved beyond our flesh suits, and now we are you know all one with this hive mind, and we're robots, and isn't this amazing? No, it's awful. So yeah. <laughs> So just when like things were starting to look on the up and up, we introduce yet another horrible nightmare that the doctor is faced with. Yeah, but that's that's what Doctor Who does. <laughs> it's like we we can't let you have. Oh, isn't this just a wonderful, happy-go-lucky episode? Because where's the drama in that? If we can't when, make little kids hide behind the couch and peek out to watch this episode, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, geez. So, of course, it ends with the master jumping on the TARDIS and stranding the doctor at the end of time. Yeah. But he's got Jack, and Jack had some sort of time hopper that had malfunction. So, you don't have to spoil me, because clearly we'll find out next episode, but... Are they gonna? Are they gonna use the time hopper? Somehow, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you could just. Uh, am I on the right track? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yay, I'm starting to get Doctor you're Who. Starting to figure it out. Yes, <laughs> I'm starting to get. I love that. I love it. <laughs> and speaking of things I love, let's uh, take a quick trip to the TARDIS tidbits and find out from Ashley what other things we missed from this episode. So, Ashley, take it away. 
This is Ashley's TARDIS Tidbits for Series 3, Episode 11, Utopia. This episode takes place just after the Torchwood Series 1 finale, where we saw Captain Jack hearing the TARDIS, seeing the Doctor's severed hand from the Christmas invasion glowing, and ran after it. At one point during this episode, Jack was supposed to explain how he got the Doctor's hand since we hadn't really seen it since the events of the Christmas invasion. Supposedly, it had been recovered from a news agent's roof. This is also the first episode in the Revive series to have three actors in the opening credits. John Bell, who plays Little Crete, was only nine years old when he found out from Russell T. Davies personally that he had won a Blue Peter competition and beat out 8,000 other applicants for this role. At one point, the doctor asked Jack if he had had work done. By his own admission, John Behrman had admitted that he'd had some minor Botox around the eyes since his last appearance on Doctor Who in Season 1. Yana, you are not alone. We finally know what the face of Bo meant. There is another Time Lord. Speaking of Yana, Professor Yana's costume in this episode was inspired by the first Doctor, William Hartnell. When Professor Yana is examining his swap watch, the voices we hear are those of Roger Delgado and Anthony Ainley, who played the master in the original series. Derek Jacobi now is playing the fifth version of the master who the doctor has encountered on screen. And in those last final moments, we now know that John Sim is the sixth. And finally, Derek Jacobi had played the master before, in an alternate Ninth Doctor story called The Scream of the Shalka, which was an animated special from 2003. It picked up after the events of the 1996 TV movie and had Richard E. Grant playing a different version of the Ninth Doctor. And a little-known actor by the name of David Tennant has an uncredited role as the caretaker. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. That's amazing that they tie... Uh, the name Yana to what the face of Bo said, uh, very reminiscent of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, where the name of the sorcerer, Yensid, is Disney backwards. Uh, so I love that Yana is an acronym for You Are Not Alone. Uh, so I love that. Well, uh, dear listener, um, that's it. Like we've we've reached the end of the episode. I've asked all the questions because I had to put them all in the front because that's pretty much what this episode is. It's a big giant reveal, and of course, it's a to be continued. So, uh, Eric, would you be so kind as to join us next week for the next episode? Oh, I, I think I can fit that into my schedule. I will move time and space to get here for that episode. <laughs> I, I think that sounds great. Uh, so I want to waste no further time. So thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of First Time Lord. Please support the podcast by visiting the website at firsttimelord.com. If you feel like you want to supply us with some uh, monies to continue to produce the show and get better production equipment and uh, pay for hosting we have a merch store that you can find at firsttimelord.com 
or you can go to uh, Patreon and support the show that way monetarily. Or just go to the website, firsttimelord.com. Leave a comment on an episode. Share it with your friends. Tell them, hey, you like Doctor Who? Check this podcast out. Or better yet, that one friend that you think would like Doctor Who that was like me and kind of didn't watch it say hey there's this guy that's starting to watch doctor who why don't you listen to his podcast and start watching doctor who because let's be honest we need more people to watch this amazing show it's great so share it share the podcast and thank you so much i'm going to run to my tardis because i need to get to next week so that i can find out what happens to the doctor and martha and the captain So, see you next week. That's my TARDIS sound effect. Yeah, okay.